Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me, as always, Cody Westerland of 670 The Score. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play. Anywhere that you can find podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends to subscribe, check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls, like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls. And if your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 and 54, then your company should be advertising right here on our show. Our audience is 95% male and 78% of our audience is between the ages of 18 and 44. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to consider purchasing products they've learned about from podcasts, and 60%, given equal price and quality, prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable, so make sure you email us at lockedonbulls at gmail.com with any advertising inquiries. Uh, Cody, the streak is alive. 11 consecutive wins for... The Chicago Bulls over the Toronto Raptors, the latest addition being a 105-94 victory at the United Center on Tuesday night, a game the Bulls played without second-leading scorer Dwayne Wade because of a wrist injury, played without Paul Zipser and Nico Miritich. They did get the return of Jimmy Butler, who of course has taken a star turn in many of those 11 wins that the Bulls have reeled off in a roll. He had, what, 40 in the second half in one of those? He did. He had a game-saving block one mm-hmm. time. Uh, even this year, just this year, he just led that like second-half rally with 32 points, I believe. That come from behind uh, overtime win yeah, yeah. back in December. It was crazy. This one was much less crazy. The Bulls up six after the first quarter in complete control by halftime. Uh, led by as many as 23 because it is the NBA. The Raptors got close in the final five minutes there in the fourth quarter. Bulls held him off, got to the free throw line a bunch. Uh, Jimmy was back after missing four or five games with a heel contusion, including Sunday's ugly loss at Minnesota. What were your initial impressions on this game, Sean, and just getting Jimmy Butler back in the lineup? Well, I guess we should probably talk about Jimmy first. He, I thought he was moving around pretty well. He shot two for ten from the field. He obviously wasn't his most efficient, but got to the foul line 19 times, 15 of 19 from the line, 12 assists. T- contrary to his insistence, tying a career high. Yeah, so Jimmy Butler, we pointed out that he tied a career high with 12 assists, and he said, no, I've had 14 in a game before. He didn't specify that it was an NBA game, so maybe he has had 14 assists at Marquette. Uh, at junior college, high school, whatever. Tomball High School, baby. Uh, according to Bulls game notes, career high. According to Basketball Reference, career high. Basketball Reference does so, not lie. Uh, Jimmy, your career high in the NBA is 12 assists, unless you can give us the proof otherwise. But no doubt, uh, an excellent game for him getting teammates involved. An excellent game for Jimmy in every regard and capacity besides shooting. I don't think... We were probably shocked that he didn't shoot real well, 2 of 10, obviously. Uh, A real bad night from the field. Kind of getting that lift and rhythm back in uh, complete capacity with that heel problem. But Jimmy says it feels good. I thought this was, look, Jimmy, I don't know that you say he's a star tonight. But to me, this was a glimpse into his rise to stardom. Mm -hmm. Because... He couldn't get anything going offensively when it came to shooting the ball, so he ramrodded his way to the hoop. 19 free throws. By making 15, he became only the second bowl in history to make 15 free throws in a game four times in a single season. I'll give you a guess on the other one. 
Uh, the crying meme guy? Yeah, I think his initials are... He's the guy that, like... Well, did you he, see... He brokers truces with Charles Oakley now. Well, did you, see, did you see the story today? I think it was, in, it was like, in Complex or something like that. But, like, today is, the, like, the 27th anniversary of that game where he wore the number 12 jersey, and now Mitchell and Ness is selling the number 12 Michael Jordan jersey. I did not see that they were selling that. That's quite the... Uh... A uh, piece of memorabilia. I kind of want that. Although, what you really could just do is take your Kirk Heinrich jersey that I know you own if you're listening to this podcast and just take the lettering off of it. Because when Jordan wore that jersey, it was like just the jersey that they had lying around, so they didn't have lettering. Yeah. On. He didn't have his name on it, so you could just take the lettering off of your Kirk Heinrich jersey. And he scored and like 49 points <laughs> in that game too. Uh, so of course, Jimmy Butler joining Michael Jordan in some more company for uh, getting to the free throw line in Bulls history. But not only that, Jimmy got to the free throw line, had the 12 assists. I mean, it helps to have those 12 assists. He got, I I know, at least four or five, I think, were looks to Taj Gibson, which was helpful. Right. Uh, But it helps get, whether the assist goes to one of the Bulls' youngsters or is the hockey assist or just creates space, Jimmy, by drawing it, helps a guy like Doug McDermott and Denzel Valentine hit a couple big threes in the fourth quarter for the Bulls. Helps them just get in rhythm a little bit more and have a little more space. And look... We know that these guys the Bulls have drafted aren't great. We've harangued them enough for not being right. athletic or young enough in many regards, but they also aren't off-the-bounce playmakers, per se, like one-on-one beat you. So anything Jimmy can do to help them and put him in the best situations really important, and I thought he did that. And he held DeMar DeRozan. He spent most of the night on DeRozan defensively into 5 of 19 shooting, and DeMar was mad the whole night. And finally, with like 25 seconds left, he got two technicals because he was just mad, basically. So Jimmy literally pretty much contributed 97% of the reason DeMar DeRozan got kicked out, probably. Right. I would say, which is pretty nice uh, just put on your resume for the night. So yeah, I, I thought it was just a little glimpse into just the maturation of Jimmy again. And that was important. And this won't be one of his most, what, 10, 15 remarkable games of the year. Maybe not even top 20 or 30 but I thought this game was important for the Bulls, was important for Jimmy Butler. Well, it just shows that he can contribute in a lot of different ways. Like, you're not, even if he isn't going to go off for 40 points in this game, like, he's still, like, they wouldn't have won this game without him, even though he didn't shoot the ball efficiently at all. Can you answer the eternal burning question, why do the Bulls own the Raptors? I don't know. No, I really can't. I... We got this question on Twitter. Jimmy was asked afterward, and he said... Uh, you He's know, like, you have to score more points. Yeah, than, he, he, no, he says he basically said, "Why is it that you guys have the Raptors number?" And he says, "Because we have more points than them at the end of the game on the scoreboard eleven straight times." The Bulls can't explain it. Both Fred Hoiberg, Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson have downplayed this notion of a mental edge. Uh, I don't have a clue, to be honest. Because again, I think we talked about it last time when they got their tenth win. Over the Raptors, they've done this by playing out in front. They've done it by rallying. They've done it with a 40-point Jimmy Butler second half. They've done it with Tom Thibodeau. They've done it with Fred Hoiberg. They've done it with Derrick Rose leading the way. They've done it with Jimmy Butler leading the way. They've done it with Doug McDermott lights up the Raptors. Every time they play, it seems like the last four times they've played, he's averaging 24 points a game. And look, Doug struggled a lot lately. Props to him. 20 points, 8 of 13 field goals. He looked good out there. 
They still isolated him quite a bit defensively. They always do. But he didn't even get burnt defensively, I didn't think. Like, a time where you're like, oh, there it is. You know what I mean? I thought this was uh, one of Doug's better games of the year. And I think the thing that I really want to point out about Doug's game, you know, like you said, he shot 8 for 13 from the field. He only shot four three-pointers. He only made yeah. two three-pointers. So this is one of those, you know, he always talked, Doug has always talked about it. And, you know, people always talk about, like, Doug wants to be more than a shooter. He wants to be able to contribute in other ways offensively. He was hitting floaters tonight. He was hitting mid-range shots. He got a couple of looks in the post. Like, this was a game for people who like to see Doug do things besides just shoot threes. He, he scored in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, he's probably one of their best cutters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Obviously, Jimmy Butler and Chris Felicio are better dunkers, but, I mean, Doug can get up there. Tonight was a good game for the Felicio hive, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. What did you think of your boy? He was good. Ten points. Ten points, 26 minutes, six rebounds. Had some nice dunks. He always looks like he belongs. He does. And I think that's maybe the most important thing you can say. I mean, even when they got blown out by the Warriors, um, it looked like he belonged. Right. On a night that maybe right, he always just seems like he is. Ne- he never looks like he's lost out there. Exactly. Wanted to let you know that this episode of Locked On Bulls is brought to you by SeatGeek, which is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for any sporting event you want to see up close and in person this season. The NBA obviously got the All Star break coming up, and then second half of the season and playoffs can uh, probably still get All Star tickets on SeatGeek. Probably can. We know uh, baseball spring training has started now. Regular season starts in April, but there's nothing like being in the stadium arena for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. It can be anywhere, anytime, and with just a few taps, instantly find seats for this weekend or any game of the season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Pricing can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price, and SeatGeek wants to help get you the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade score based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. And this is great. Every ticket you buy on SeatGeek, 100% guaranteed, so you can shop with confidence. Here's what we need our Locked on Bulls listeners to do. Go download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code LOBULLS, L-O-BULLS. You get there by going to the settings tab and clicking add a promo code. SeatGeek will then send you $20 back after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOBULLS today. Sean, what else do we need to touch on here? Well, so I think we've I think we've covered the game itself enough, but obviously you know they're playing the Raptors. The Raptors are kind of in the news today. Uh, this morning they traded uh, Terrence Ross and a first-round pick to the Magic for Serge Ibaka, who wasn't available tonight because they still haven't done their physicals yet, so that trade isn't fully you know completed yet. But it just kind of you know that in conjunction with the Cavalier announcing this morning that Kevin Love had knee surgery and he's going to be out for the next six weeks or so. Uh, it it just kind of it, it 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 you know it's an interesting kind of landscape in the Eastern Conference right now because the Cavs are not like I still think the Cavs ultimately they're going to win the East as long as LeBron is healthy because until proven otherwise that's always just going to kind of be where I default to but you know clearly the Raptors saw that you know maybe the Cavs are a little bit vulnerable maybe you know even though Serge Ibaka is basically a rental and they're going to have to re-sign him this summer if they want to do that and pay him. 
But they said, you know, we need an upgraded power forward. If we want to, you know, make this move, the move to make is now. And so they went out and got Serge Ibaka, obviously going to be a massive upgrade for them in power forward. They're going to go all in. We've got about nine days to go until the trade deadline. Maybe the Celtics make a move. Maybe they finally make the bowl a real offer for Jimmy Butler. Maybe those talks reopen up, but maybe they do something else. Yeah, it opens up the window, I think, maybe to more talks to have a headlining move, get the ball rolling a little bit more. You never know if those deals come to fruition, but it can intensify other teams as they look in the mirror and, and see what's best for them, where the opportunity is. And look, the Raptors have struggled lately. I think they're, what, eight games over 500 now. Obviously, they were the second best team in the East. Now they're kind of a middling team in the East, but Kyle Lowry's 30 years old. DeMar DeRozan's a terrific basketball player, but it's not like he's 23 either. He's 27. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they know the time to win is now. Serge Ibaka fits that time frame for this year. He fits it if you sign him to a four-year deal, have his bird rights uh-huh. here this offseason. Um, maybe you are overpaying him at the end of that deal, but for the next two years, you know. Well, they're going to have a lot of money on their payroll because they already have the DeRozan, this huge contract. They're going to have to max out lateral. Like, that's just something you're going to have to They're looking at a $130 million payroll yeah. um, a year from now or so. So the, uh, the Raptors, I mean, I, I like to move. Um, quick hot take here. I, Kevin Love can miss the rest of the season if Kyrie and LeBron are healthy. I still think the Cavs are going to the finals. That's not. A very, I still think it's over in five or six games in the Eastern Conference. That's not a very hot take. <laughs> I don't think. But. Said it a bit facetiously, tongue in cheek. No, that's but, uh, right. That's not. That's not a hot take. As long as even forget forget Kyrie. As long as LeBron is healthy, the Cavs are going to win the East. I think. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, I would agree there. Like that's that's the other thing. The other way that this kind of impacts the Bulls. You know, I've talked about this on the show before. I've written about this before. I've always said that the most logical Taj Gibson trade destination was the Raptors, who needed an upgraded power forward. They just went out and got Serge Ibaka, so now that's off the table. So now I don't know if the Bulls are going to trade Taj or if they're going to trade anybody. There were some fringe reports on well, the I think they had that tied the Bulls and Raptors to some Well, Taj I think Gibson that was talks. that was more than fringe. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they I haven't directly confirmed this, but some pretty reliable people have reported this. They had pretty serious talks about a Taj trade this summer until Dwayne Wade fell into the Bulls' lap and they decided to kind of reverse course and go in that direction. But until then, I think there were talks that actually were pretty seriously taking place. Well, the key here was the Raptors always wanted Ibaka. Right. And they Dating got back him. to last summer. So, um Taj would have been a fit, but once the magic went down this rabbit hole of being bad with Serge Ibaka, and then him apparently sending them vibes, hey, there's probably no way I'm going to re-sign with you this offseason. you right. got to cut your losses. And Can we talk about how much of a disaster that trade was for the magic? Because they, really bad. They gave, up, they gave up Victor Oladipo, who... You know, maybe you know, maybe he hadn't been great the last couple years, but he's been really good for Oklahoma City this year. And then they gave up uh, Demonte Sabonis, who was the eleventh pick in the draft, for Abaca, thinking they could sign him long term. And then they end up turning him into Terrence Ross and a pick that's going to probably be like the twenty fifth or twenty sixth pick in the draft. Yeah. So on top of just some of the other moves they've made, that's a disaster. I, you know, Rob, Rob Hannigan, like he, I think he did really well in the Dwight Howard trade a few years ago, but and then he flipped Aaron a follow for Evan Fournier. But since then, like. Has there been a maybe besides like Sacramento? Has there been a worse run team in terms of just GMing and like pure moves on a move for move basis than the Magic over the last four or five years? Is that I, a serious question? Do you know who our listeners of this podcast are fans of? That's what they will say. 
Well, but the, I think I think the, I think the Magic have done a worse job running the team than the Bulls have. You can. Uh, I would probably agree with like, that. I mean, the Magic are very much treading water. Not it, it, they haven't I mean, even come close to making that. Like, like you know, they Devil's pre- Advocate here is what have the Bulls done besides hit on the Jimmy Butler pick in the last five years? What have they done? Oh, I mean, they've done something. I think he did well on the Rose trade. They, you know, you yes. can point to individual yeah. moves that they did well. They trade you trade Dwight Howard, and they, you know, usually when you trade a superstar like that, you know, like when, when the Nuggets traded Carmelo Anthony. They got some pieces back, and they were still competitive. Minnesota has like some pieces that they're building with for the future. They got Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. You know, uh, Orlando. They trade Dwight Howard. They get a lot of stuff back. Mo Harkless was a piece in that trade. He's playing great right now for the Portland Trailblazers. Basically, Nikola Vucevic they is the only. They Tobias piece. Harris for well, like not right. Much. They did. They gave away Tobias Harris for nothing. They, uh, they and he and he's and he's playing well in, in Detroit right now. They. Uh, you know, the one good thing I think they did was, you know, they got Aaron Aflalo and they traded, and then a year later they flip him to Denver for Evan Fournier, who's been good. But, like, they haven't – usually, you know, four years down the line, this, this, this coming summer will be five years since the Dwight trade. By then you want to at least say, okay, you know, we've, we've traded our superstar. We're moving in the right direction. They haven't even come close You're to You're saying the they don't have a superstar and they don't have a direction. They don't have any direction. They haven't even come close to making the playoffs since the Dwight trade, no. which is a problem. No. Uh, I'd be very frustrated – if I was a listener of Locked On Magic. Or, or if you were an Orlando Magic fan like our buddy Nick Friedel. That's very true. Roots laid down in Orlando. Sounds like their arena is not as hopping as it used to be in the mid-90s either. Right. Down there, the United Center was not at all hopping at the start of this game. I know this is shocking, but uh, going to a Bulls game with this with this team being as mediocre as it is, not exactly a hot Valentine's Day uh, activity. No, it really wasn't. The hot Valentine's Day activities was using Denzel Valentine's name on the video board in promotions again and again. But did, did, I don't know if you noticed this, but they put the wrong number up for him. I did not notice. They that. did. They they played like the whole video montage, and it said Denzel Valentine. And there was a little forty four above it, and Denzel Valentine wears number forty five. I should have taken. I didn't take a picture of this. I should have, but like that was a thing. Typo. No big deal. Every everyone's allowed several typos. <laughs> Per day, per week. Depending are you on pro or anti? By the way, speaking of game off stuff, are you pro or anti playing Nickelback over the Raptors uh, intro? Oh, I'm I'm pro that. That's funny. That's just good American trolling. That's good shade. That's great. Um, all for that stuff. I feel like that's been in the news a couple times. Music that's been played um, above opponents or something uh, in the news recently. It's escaping me right now. But we should point out the Bulls are. Uh, Seventh place in the Eastern. By a full game. Solo seventh. I think two games clear of the nine seed. So uh, Rajon Rondo was quick to point out that despite all the bad stuff we write, they are seventh in the East. And they have a lot of home games coming. The up. problem is all those home games. If you look at their schedule in March, they've got like the Clippers, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Grizzlies. They have like they have like seven really good teams in two weeks. In, in, in I don't have the exact schedule in front of me, but they have a lot of really. We've talked about this before. They have a lot of really good teams in March that they're playing. Yeah, we did. We mentioned that on the podcast the other day. So hey, I mean, this comes back to it again and again. Can these younger Bulls guys? Can can the guys besides Jimmy Butler? Besides Dwayne Wade, when you know he has fresh legs, healthy, Robin Lopez, Taj Gibson, can the rest of the Bulls show any sort of consistency for? I'm not even saying all the last 26 games of the year. Like, can they just show consistency in a greater sense for like 18 of those, for right. 19 of those, instead of 
really being hit or miss every other game or once every three games. Bring it like if these young guys, Doug McDermott, Nico Miritich, when he comes back, he has back spasms. Sounds like he's doubtful for. Thursday, I believe Paul Zipser ruled out for Thursday mm-hmm. in a walking boot on his left foot as he has ankle tendonitis. I'd be surprised if Wade played. And Wade, I'm going to let Hyken here give you his best guess. I don't know any better than that, but he hasn't been ruled out, but also not a go yet. So No, I'd be surprised if he played. But it's just these young guys' consistency. Like If there's any consistency from some of these guys, and look, Chris Felicio's been providing it, quite a bit if he can keep up with that 12 points, 6 rebounds type production. Uh, that's a big deal uh, too because that's even higher level they've been playing at. But They can make the playoffs, certainly. But if it's going to be hit and miss again these guys, I mean they're just playing too many good teams. I think they're going to they're gonna sink into that rut and find themselves in the ninth seed and probably be too big of a hole to climb out of. So it, we know what we get from Jimmy Butler when you watch him play basketball. You don't know what you're getting from the rest of them. Uh, for the Bulls, I think that takes care of uh, most of what we wanted to touch on. Any other insights, additions you wanted to add, Sean? Not really. They're practicing tomorrow. We'll have an update after that. We'll have an episode. And then obviously, play the Celtics on Thursday. We'll have an episode after that. And then the All-Star break. Yeah. As always, you can uh, follow Sean on Twitter, at Hiking Myself, at Cody Westerland. We're at Locked on Bulls on Twitter and Facebook. Just where you think, Locked on Bulls. Email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Any questions, advertising inquiries, always welcome. Most of all, please subscribe to the podcast. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe. Check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Locked On NFL Draft, all 32 NFL teams, all 30 NBA teams. They all have their own Locked On podcast. Check out Locked On Raptors for the Raptors' perspective on tonight's game and on the Serge Ibaka trade. So any any basketball or football thing you're interested in, you can get a Locked On podcast for it. Uh, as for Locked On Bulls, we will be back with you after practice on Wednesday. Thanks for listening.